Welcome to Daily Daf Differently, a Jcast Network podcast in collaboration with the Conservative Yeshiva in Jerusalem. This daily podcast invites you to join us to study the Daily Talmud page with a variety of liberal rabbis and teachers. For more information about the Conservative Yeshiva, please visit conservativeyeshiva.org. For more information about the other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. Welcome to Daily Daf Differently. This is Joe Rosenstein, and I am a professor of mathematics at Rutgers University and the author of Sidur Eit Ratzon and Machzor Eit Ratzon. Today we will be studying Tractate Nazir, Daf 8, Chet. This tractate, Masechet Nazir, deals with men and women who make a vow to abstain from wine and all grape products, to refrain from cutting their hair, and to avoid contact with all dead bodies, so that they don't become tame or ritually impure. These requirements of a Nazir appear in Chapter 6 of Numbers, Bamidbar. We provided an explanation of these three requirements in our previous discussions. The Nazir is a person who wants to offer himself or herself to God, which, since human sacrifice is forbidden, can only be accomplished by offering one's hair to God. Not only must the Nazir refrain from cutting his or her hair in order to bring it as an offering to God, the Nazir must also guard that hair to prevent it from becoming ritually impure through contact with a corpse, and like the Kohen, must avoid the fruit of the wine while he or she is on duty, which for the Nazir is 24-7. A previous daf included the ruling of the Mishnah that says that if a person vows to be a Nazir, then the length of time of that person's commitment, referred to as Nazirut, is 30 days. Moreover, one cannot be a Nazir for a shorter Nazirut than 30 days. We noted yesterday that the final two pages of the first chapter of the Tractate Nazir, including today's daf, both deal with the question of how long is the Nizirut if the person adds a phrase to his vow about the duration of the Nizirut without mentioning a precise number of days. The Mishnah goes into much detail on this topic, and the discussion in the Gemara on these two pages is relatively brief. In Daf 7, we discuss what happens if the added phrase is directly related to time. The Mishnahs in Daf 8, on the other hand, consider what happens if the person specifies his or her Nazirut not in terms of time, but in terms of other measures. For example, if a person says, I vow to be a Nazir like the hairs on my head, or like the dust on the ground, or like the sand at the sea, then he has vowed to be a Nazir for as many 30-day terms as there are hairs on his head, so that in effect he is a Nazir for life, although his hair must be cut every 30 days since he didn't vow to be a Nazir for life. This is the majority view of the Mishnah, although Rabbi Yehuda Nasi argued that this person actually is a Nazir for life and should not have to cut his hair every month. But if the person said, I vow to have terms of Nizirut, like the hairs on my head, then Rabbi Yehuda would agree that her hair would have to be cut every 30 days. The Gemara provides no discussion of the mission cited above, 
But the Mishnah continues with a similar case. A person says, I vow to be a Nazir as the capacity of this house, or of this basket. In other words, instead of comparing her Nazirut to a length of time, or to a large quantity of discrete objects like hairs on one's head, or grains of sand, she is comparing her Nazirut to a volume. In that case, according to the Mishnah, we interrogate the Nazir, and if she says, I meant one big Nazirut, then she is a Nazir for 30 days, as was discussed in the previous daf. But if she says that she didn't mean anything particular by comparing her vow to a basket, then we imagine the basket as being full of mustard seeds, and she becomes a Nazir for life, as if she had said, like the hairs on my head. The Gemara asks, why should we imagine the basket to be full of mustard seeds? Why not imagine it as full of cucumbers or gourds, so that she would have a lesser obligation? Implicit in the discussion is that she could have said in the interrogation that she meant that her nizirut was equal to the number of objects in her basket, or that she would have a number of niziruts equal to the number of objects in her basket. The problem is that if the basket did not contain actual objects, then we would not know how many days her nizirut should be, or how many different niziruts she had obligated herself to fulfill. Therefore, if we decided that that basket could hold 100 cucumbers, and we had her complete her niziruts on the 100th day, then that would be a serious violation of the sacrificial code if the basket could in fact hold 101 cucumbers. So the only safe solution was to imagine that the basket had in effect an infinite number of objects, that is, that it was filled with mustard seeds. The Mishnah continues with an example where the person compares his Nazirut to a distance. A person says, I vow to be a Nazir as from here to such and such a place. In that case, the Mishnah says they estimate the number of days it takes to get to that place. If that is less than 30 days, then his nizirut is for 30 days. But if it is more than 30 days, then his nizirut is that many days. Finally, the Mishnah for chapter 1 concludes with the following example, where the term nizirut is compared to some other known number. A person says, I vow to be a nazir according to the number of days in the solar year. In that case, a person has to, the person has to fulfill 365 30-day terms of Nizirut. Although the Mishnah does not, does not mention this, the Gemara notes that, as in a previous example, Rabbi Yudu Anasi would agree that he has to fulfill 365 terms of Nizirut, only if he said explicitly, I vow to be a Nazir for as many terms as the number of days in the solar year. However, the Mishnah does not mention Rabbi Yudu Anasi's view. It takes for granted 365 separate Nizirutz. This example doesn't seem to add much to the discussion. It appears that the purpose of this mission is to provide an opportunity for this final observation. Rabbi Judah said, this actually happened. That is, he knew of a person who completed 365 30-day terms of Nizirut, a total of more than 30 years. The story does not end well. Rabbi Judah added, Kevan Shehishlim, mate. When he finished, he died. Sad news. And we're not told the point of the story. 
The first chapter of Masechet Nazir concludes with four brightas, that is, four teachings which are from the time of the Mishnah, but which are not included in the Mishnah. Brighta number one. A rabbi is taught if a person says, I wish to be a Nazir all the days of my life, that person becomes a Nazir for life. That is, this Nazir has no fixed term and remains a Nazir forever, although he or she may cut their hair if it becomes burdensome. On the other hand, if a person says, I wish to be a Nazir for a hundred years, that is to say, the person specifies the term of his Nazirut, then that person is, in effect, is a Nazir for repeated 30-day terms and undergoes Hitgalachat, the ritual cutting of the hair, every 30 days, even though it appears that his vow is for a lifetime. Thus, according to this Braita, there are apparently two different types of Nazir for life. Braita number two. Our rabbis taught if a person says, I vow to be a Nazir plus one, then he has two terms of Nazirut. If a person says, I vow to be a Nazir plus one and another, then he has three terms of Nazirut. If a person says, I vow to be a Nazir plus one and another and again, then he has four terms of Nazirut. The Gemara asks, why mention the last case? Isn't this obvious? And it answers, you might have thought that and again refers to the first three Nazirut's. So the person has three plus three, or six terms of Nizirut. So it was thought important to stress that there are only four terms of Nizirut. This reasoning would not make it into any anthology of the wisdom in the Talmud. Brighta 3. Our rabbis taught, if a person says, I vow to be a Nazir, and adds one of the Greek counting numbers, Hen, Digon, Trigon, Tetragon, or Pentagon, then according to Simakos, the person is committed to one, two, three, four, or five terms of Nizirut, respectively. This Braita tells us that a vow of Nizirut can be made in other languages. Braita number four. Having mentioned the Greek counting numbers, the editors of the Gemara inserted here another Braita which mentions those numbers. Our rabbis taught, a house that is shaped like a circle or a digon, or a trigon, or a pentagon, does not contract defilement through leprosy. Only a house that is a tetragon, that is four-sided, contracts leprosy. Why is that, you may ask? The answer is that the discussion of house leprosy in Leviticus twice mentions walls in the plural, thus referring to four walls altogether. This reasoning and this conclusion would also not make it into any anthology of the wisdom of the Talmud. Before ending today's discussion, I would like to leave you with this question to consider. How can we, in our day, consecrate ourselves to God in a way that the Nazir did in ancient times? The answers that we might give are being a good person, living a life of service, living a religious life, engaging in tikkun olam, as fixing a broken world. Although all of these responses are very commendable, they are all required of all of us. If we wanted to consecrate ourselves to God, what would we have to do beyond living in accordance with those principles? That's something to think about. 
We have now completed today's page, Dafchet, and the first chapter of Tractate Nazir, which is referred to by its opening phrase, Kol Nazirot. Speaking, as it were, to this chapter, we say, Hadran Alach Per Kol Nazirot. May we return to you again, chapter Kont Kinuye Nazirut, and study you more deeply. And we conclude with a traditional prayer, May it be your will, our God, God of our fathers and our mothers, that just as you have enabled us to complete this chapter, so may you help us to begin and complete other chapters, tractates, and holy books, to learn and to teach, to lovingly observe and fulfill all of the enduring words that are in the teachings of your Torah. Amen. Completing a chapter or a tractate is traditionally a cause for celebration, which for Jews, of course, means food and drink. I have uploaded various refreshments to Jcast Network, and I invite you to partake of them with me, or to provide your own if you are unable to download mine. L'chaim. It has been a pleasure for me to prepare and present these sessions, and I hope that you have enjoyed them as well. Until we meet again, Shalom. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode of Daily Daf Differently, and that you'll join us again tomorrow for a new page. The music at the opening and close of this episode is Ufros from the Epichorus album One Bead, available on Bandcamp, iTunes, and Spotify.